Back at it. Episode five. Your boys. Jay, what going fam? A lot. A lot's going on in the yes, world now. A lot going on, bro. You know, they say, they say it's not much going on because of quarantining, but there's a lot going on even in the midst of all this madness. Absolutely. Yeah. Episode five. Episodes one through four are now on both Apple and Spotify. Oh, yeah. We're officially finally brought that. We finally cracked that code. Yep. I know a lot of folks was asking, you know, I don't have Spotify. Well, listen, we on Apple now, too. We on both now. So let's get into it. It's your, it's your boys, Dr. J and Trev. Here we are. Here we are. From the block to the ballroom, episode five. So uh, let's start with the mental health check-in, man. How, how you feeling today, brother? I'm feeling good, brother. I'm feeling good. Um, had a good celebration for my mom last week. She's an Aries as well, March 24th, after we recorded episode four. Um, ordered some uh, some Jamaican seafood, lobster, crab legs, the works. It was real good. You were supposed to stop by and grab a plate, but you were playing around. And, Yo, you, you know, told me if I can't come that seafood, night, listen, man, don't come through. Seafood don't la- don't don't last well in the fridge, bro. You know, <laughs> so it's like I'm trying to tell you, if you can't get here soon, it's not going to last. I can't save it in the fridge. I'm not even mad but, at uh, it. It looked delicious, yeah, though. We had a good time, and you know, I'm in Aries as well. My 31st is uh, this upcoming Wednesday, April 1st. So you know, not going be in a restaurant or out with the. You know, the family, the fellas, you know, and celebrating. But uh, listen, man, we have life. And that's that's the most important thing. I think that's the thing I've been trying to keep near and dear to the mind um, during this whole process is realizing what we do have, the important things. And um, getting up early, going for a quick jog, work during the daytime, and not really getting stressed out over this process. You know, hopefully... hopefully um, the curve will flatten when we approach to May, June. I know it's a lot more difficult for you and people in your world, and we, and we applaud and salute and respect you all, um, healthcare workers, as you guys are actually on the front line and seeing it from a different perspective. But uh, hopefully a lot of us can keep our, keep our heads up during this time. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really uh, depressed about the inability to go outside or the inability to celebrate the birthday, man. Like, man, we still here. We still going. Give thanks for that. Despite what's going on, and um, it's got to keep the faith right now. Honestly, what about you, Doctor J? Talk to me. I, I, I know, I know you have feelings about a lot right now. Um, <sighs> you are directly with with your work affected by just the haphazard handling of things and the uh, shortage of supplies, the misallocation of things, and uh, just the influx of people coming in. I mean, so okay. for so for me, well, well I would say. Um, we're, so I'm, I have two parts of where I'm at mentally right now. <clears throat> First part, mentally, um, feeling thankful, uh, and I think that a lot of a lot of what's going on with, especially New Yorkers being forced to quarantine, is that people are having a moment to sit still, right? And I'm talking about the people who are privileged enough to have a moment to sit still. Right. And uh, I've been telling people, you know, like don't don't let this moment of being still pass you by right like because when you beat still be still you have a moment to assess situations you have a moment to evaluate them and then you have a moment to implement new things that you want to do so that business that you've wanted to get done but you was too busy because you always had to work to pay bills but you're forced to be at home you get a chance to work on that that new job that you wanted to get ready to apply for right it'll open back up but you needed to fix up your resume 
you got a time to you have time to do that. Those family members that you haven't had chances to pick up the phone and have actual phone conversations, not just text message text messages, to really have a conversation with them. You have a chance to do that now, right? And I feel like <clears throat> I feel like you should be taking this moment to enjoy being still. So for that perspective, I'm I'm thankful. I'm I'm grateful for that. Uh, and then there's another part of me that's just I'm annoyed, aggravated, and frankly pissed off about the way certain things are being handled during this uh, pandemic crisis. Uh, and we'll get into that more. Um, well, I guess we could just transition right into COVID. And last episode, we didn't really we didn't really touch on COVID too much because we wanted to give everybody a break. Uh, we thought everybody needed some um, reprieve, Absolutely. and I think that's right. Absolutely. Uh, but going directly into it, because I think one of the one of the things that's been on the biggest front lines of everywhere is healthcare workers complaining about what's going on, specifically nurses, right? And we talk about the shortage of what we call PPE. So for those of you who don't know, PPE is proper protective equipment that includes gloves, masks, gowns, uh, shoe covers, things like that. Right. And let me explain to you real quickly of why these things are so important and why nurses are being so aggravated about it. Normally, if you have a patient that comes in and they're on what we call contact precautions or droplet precautions, it means they have something that could spread either by them talking, breathing on you and they're going through the air or it just may be in the air in general or by them touching you. Right. So when we have a patient that's like that, they're usually in a room by themselves isolated um, with something we call negative pressure to prevent the spread. And we gown up, we put the mask on, put the gloves on, we go in the room, we talk to them, we treat them, we do everything that you have to do. If a family member wants to come see them, they have to do the same thing and sit in the room. When we leave the room, we take everything off. Gloves, gowns, masks. It's a process of how we're supposed to properly do that. Then we throw that in the garbage, right? Wash your hands and then you go into your next patient. Here's the problem. Right. When you have the shortage of PPE. Now you have people like in the CDC, which is beyond aggravating. Right. Uh, because some of this is just it must just be a joke to some extent to them. Or they may think that we are a joke. And you have the CDC saying stuff like so. I just told you every time I go in contact with a person, I put a mask on, come out, I take it off, I put it in the garbage. The CDC are saying things like, yo, the mask that you have on, they're good. You can wear them up to five days or for a week. So the thing that I used to wear one time to throw one time contact with a patient, throw away. Now they're like, yo, don't worry. Just keep that same mask on for the entire week. And at the end of your shift, put it in a plastic bag and then take it out the plastic bag for the next shift. What, like, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to end up spreading COVID from patient to patient. You're going to end up spreading it to your coworkers if you're keeping on the same mask. Even if we all have this, even if we all keep a mask on, at some point during our 12 and a half hour shift, a nurse is going to be required to have to take off that mask to eat. Right? You're going to probably take off that mask when you probably go to the bathroom to get comfortable or something like that. So now you don't got proper masks, you don't got enough gloves, you don't got enough gowns. I had somebody send me a video um, from one hospital where it's a COVID it was a COVID floor and now there was no gowns on the floor. They're like, yo, it's fine. You don't need a gown. Just go in and see the patient to treat them. You're in an ICU floor. Like, what are you talking about? And then you got them telling hope. So we, we've all heard this, right? New Yorkers should stay in their house for two weeks and not do nothing. You heard that, right, Trev? Absolutely. Right? You heard 
New Yorkers shouldn't even travel nowhere without doing a 14-day travel ban, right? So to you, that tells you stay at home for at least two weeks, right? The logic behind this is that when when you get a virus, it takes your body about 10 to 14 days to get over that virus, for your body to create antibodies, and for you no longer to be able to spread that to other people. The CDC has started telling hospitals and employers that if somebody starts showing symptoms, if they live in a house, if they work in a hospital, if they start showing symptoms, right, and they get COVID, don't necessarily test them. They don't want nurses getting tested. They're just like, yo, if they develop a fever and then they develop a cough, then maybe we'll test them. So let, let me stop you there because I've been a little confused about that part. I understand the influx of people coming in. You know, I can totally understand that um, hospital staff is overwhelmed. Is that what's going on? It seems like unless the case is dire or it's like there's a checklist of symptoms, folks can't even get tested. Like you may have it, but if it seems like, and I'm just wondering like what's the, what's the gauge to see if it seems like someone can cope. If it seems like you can cope, just stay home, just follow this self-medication routine for two weeks and let's see what happens. Is, is that where we're at? Because it's, because... So it's 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 a it's a multitude of problems of what's going on, right? So one, the the media has done a great job of scaring the shit out of people, right? So you hear, don't go outside because you might get COVID, and either you may die or you may give it to somebody you love and they may die. So that instinctively tells you, don't go outside because I may die or somebody I love may die. So I should stay inside. But then they tell you. If you actually have COVID, don't come into the hospital unless you have shortness of breath symptoms, very bad breathing problems. Just stay home. But you've already told people if they catch this, they're going to die, right? Or they may potentially die. So your natural reaction is to go to the emergency room. And if you're not going to go to the emergency room, you're going to go to your primary care office, right? Here's the other problem. They've practically shut down people coming into primary care offices, meaning the Department of Health said, don't come into primary care offices no more because you may spread COVID or you may give it to a provider. Provider may know and he may spread it to other people, right? From an ideal standpoint, that sounds amazing. We can all go to telehealth. You FaceTime your doctor or you get your, doc, you get your provider on Zoom. Everything goes well. In a realistic world, a lot of people that are underprivileged or impoverished do not have those capabilities. They don't have that access, right? If... When we shut down the schools and went to virtual learning for students, if the government had to give tens of thousands of computers to children so that they can do their schoolwork, right? If Spectrum had to start going around saying, we're going to give free internet to any child so that they can do schoolwork, then you know that there's tens of thousands of families that don't have this access to do virtual health, um, to do telehealth. So if you don't have that access, what you going to do? You're going to go to the emergency room. Right. So now think about the scenario I've told you now where there's a shortage of PPE. So all the healthcare workers are walking around all shift long in their PPE. Right. So if we're walking around all shift long. And you, and you said earlier you're supposed to take, take it off after everyone's. Okay. So now you're being mandated to walk around. Eventually, your entire unit becomes a COVID unit. Right. Right. Whether that person came in with COVID or they didn't come in with COVID. So now if you go into the hospital, whether it was potentially get screen COVID and we don't know if you had it or you didn't have it, chances are you walk through the doors now, now you're going to get it yeah, yeah, one way or another. So right? even going to a medical, look, look how uh, paradoxical that is, even going to a medical facility 
can have an adverse effect on you. You could be, you could potentially just have, you know, just some, you know, more basic issue. And now you've exposed yourself to this hyper um, exaggerated environment where it's definitely living. Absolutely. And then here's the other problem, because we don't have some form of a single payer in terms of health insurance, just as just meaning like because everybody doesn't have health insurance, hospitals operate differently from one another. Right. Simple business. If I get higher paying customers, meaning better insurance where I can charge more, then I'm attend to those people in those insurance companies. It's a lot of different hospital systems within New York City. Actually, not even a lot of different. You have Northwell, Presbyterian, NYU Langone, and you have HHC, which is the city hospitals, right? Is and Montefiore then included Mont- you have Montefiore as well. They're a system. And then you have um, the last system is probably one. The three of them had to get together just out of default, right? They're called One Brooklyn, which is Brookdale, Kingsbrook, and Interfaith, right? So now, normally in a crisis, we should all work together. Listen, I'm going to take all the COVID patients and you take all the regular patients at your hospital and we'll just rotate nurses. So this way we can make sure no hospital system is overwhelmed. If I have if all the COVID hospitals are coming, all COVID patients are coming to my hospital, then the hospital across the street is taking regular care. They won't all get it. But it's not like that. Separate. It's almost like every man for themselves. Right. And then the people at the bottom of this rung is happen to be the nurses. There, it, there's some hospitals who told residents and doctors, y'all don't necessarily have to go in the room no more, right? Just ask the nurse to tell you what's the patient's readings. And then the excuse is, well, we have to save PPE. But it means that the nurse is constantly going in and exposing himself, which is causing burnout. And then they're also telling the nurse, I just told you you had to stay two weeks without coming into work if you, if you get COVID. They're telling nurses, you can come back to work after 72 hours. Trying to mandate them. 72 hours after you was diagnosed, come back to work if you don't have a fever. Right? What if you're still symptomatic? Right? Like we did, and, and there's been this notion that has irked the living shit out of me, which is nurses signed up for this. Right? Like they've been, nurses signed up for this. Right? And let me, let me give you an analogy. Right? Because people be like, oh, it's like a cop not going into a gunfight or like a firefighter not going um, into a fire. It will be the equivalent of a cop being told to go into a gunfight without a gun and without a bulletproof vest. It's essentially what you're telling nurses to do. It's like telling a firefighter to run into a completely burning building and there's no, and there's no water hose, there's no extinguisher, and there's no mask. Right? Like eventually you're saying, we're going to get it and you're just rolling the dices with nurses to say... Well, the majority of you that's going to get it is going to heal anyway, so y'all will be fine. But nurses are concerned also about, listen, if you let me make the choice myself of do I want to continue working through this or do I want to take my time off the hill and come back, right? Like, let me know if I'm putting my family in risk because there's a lot of nurses that will go, yo, I will put myself through this. I will be in risk. Just let me know so I can isolate my family somewhere else. But when you deny them the ability to get tested, when you deny them the ability to know that they're sick, and then when you deny them the ability to, to stay home for a long enough period, you put their family at risk, you put other people in the community at risk, right? You put the patients that come in to the hospital at risk. And it's just become this, this nature of like, oh, we're going to be all right. We have enough PPE. We have, yo, shame on you. We don't. We don't. Like, not even close. And it's ridiculous that it's even gotten to this point. 
let me segue there, bro, and give you ask you a question. Um, as we kind of go more into the political nature, and, and, and man, once again, thank you to yourself um, and everyone, all of our friends and family, people that we don't know, everyone that works in the healthcare system who is, you know, as you mentioned, going through it, for lack of better words, going through the, the full um, spectrum of emotions, um, trying to help to provide healthcare and um care to the people who are affected by COVID-19 and just the, everything that's going on right now. Why, where we're located? What, what, what's that about? What is it about New York City? State and New York City in particular? I mean, we know the high population. We know the denseness of population. Is there anything that maybe you know from an uh, inside medical perspective as to why our hospitals are so overwhelmed, why we have so many cases, and now it's looking like New York has truly become the epicenter of COVID-19 in the United States, I know there's even like uh, some travel restriction in other states. Um, I, I saw Hawaii, I saw Florida is now saying um, there's going to be some 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 uh, stall from folks from um, New York coming into their state. Yeah. So, uh, a couple of reasons. One, New York City is very densely populated, right? Like we have 8.6 million people in our city, and you know, for do- for those people who are not as privileged in terms of living conditions, when you look outside, right? Like you looked at it's buildings on top of buildings on top of buildings, very small, very small windows to actually have some personal space within New York City, right? The virus thrives in those type of scenarios and those type of situations. Um, you also have it where New York City is very traveled. So people leave to go out of the country and they come back in the country. And New York City is one of the biggest hubs for that. So that opens us up to that. We, excuse me, we've also been very um, reactionary to this, right? Meaning the concept of everybody stay home, nobody go outside for two weeks is a reactionary approach to it. Um, A better approach is what they call contact tracing, which is every person who's come in contact with the disease, you grab them, you take them. And you put them in a place, right? So I'll give you an example of this. You know the um, the ship that's coming up. I forgot. It's coming up from Virginia. It's a thousand bed uh, facility that the is Navy that is providing. Naval, yeah. naval ships, yeah. Right. So uh, a concept of how this could have been better handled. And of course, everything is every. It's always um, hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? Because this is not something I even thought about back then. But a good way, meaning to prevent this from happening again, would have been. You bring that boat up when we know that the, when this is happening, everybody that ends up getting COVID or comes into contact, you put them in there, you isolate them for two weeks, you treat them. This way, you would have tracked down everybody, put them in there, and, and you, then you're treating it one in one place. You heal, they all heal, they come out, you wipe it down, clean it, disinfect it, then you can send the ship on that way. That is a very good way of doing it. It's actually the way Germany has done it, and they've pretty much capped their cases all around. They're, they're going, they're, they're going to decline. They're yeah. flattening the curve. And, and that's really for them is because they've done contract tracing, right? So what ends up happening is we're a huge city. We're reactionary. Then you tell people we're going to shut down the city. But New York City is huge. You can't shut down New York City completely, which is what some people don't understand. So you end up getting things happening like, um, let's say if we said, 2.5% of the New York City population is required to keep New York City going. MTA, restaurants, hospitals, um, firefighters, cops, correction officers, people who work in all these facilities as well. 
if you said 2% of them, right, which is probably still low, you're looking at mm, 10% of 8, 8.6 million is 860,000. A quarter of that is roughly like 200,000, 210, 210,000 people that have to travel amongst each other every day. So that's 210,000 people that has the ability to travel, pass it to each other, come back home, and give it to somebody else in the community. And then those people, as they go to the store to get essential food, they're passing it amongst each other, right? And that's one of the reasons why we can stop and try to slow it, but people are still going to continue getting it because we're such a large city. There's so much interaction. Absolutely. Man, a little shift into... uh the economy from what... Oh, one, one more question, actually. Is there any updates from a health perspective? You know, solutions, possibly. Um, things to go for. Do you, do, are you aware of anything that's being looked into or possible proposals which may be implemented? Um, any, any research that's going on into any particular thing to combat? Like treatment? Situation treatment. So there, um, there's, there's been... So because it's because it's a virus and most viruses, most viruses, um, your body kind of adapts to and gets rid of it on its own. Right. That includes influenza. This is covid. It's very few viruses that don't do that. The Ebola virus, the HIV virus, um, the herpes, one of the herpes um, virus, because herpes is a group of viruses. Um, so most cases is just rest, treat your symptoms, and then you'll be better in like two weeks. Large majority of the population. Um, they're looking into a couple of things. Um, one is uh, something called um, hydroxychloroquine, uh, which is usually treated for uh, malaria. If you ever go out the country, they might give you that to take in preparation. Yeah, I remember I had to do that when I went to uh, Lagos, Nigeria. Um, it's also used for rheumatoid arthritis sometimes, and they're combining that with uh, Zithomax. So if you've ever had an antibiotic that was a five-day antibiotic, you take two the first day, one the next four days. Right, right. We call it a Z-Pack. Um, when they, there's been some studies where they've used both of those and it's greatly reduced the viral load. Uh, so like they just started trying that study out in New York. Um, Gilead, which is a pharmaceutical company is trying out something called remdesivir, which was used to try to treat Ebola. Uh, but there's been conflicting. Like some people say it didn't do nothing for Ebola. Some people say it did. So that's something that they're trying out. Um, and also Cuba, um, who actually helped China a lot through their crisis, uh, uses this thing called interferon which helps boost your uh immune system so they and they're actually cuba's actually in italy now they got there last sunday so trying to see how that starts working out for them and if that starts working out that may be promising let's hope for that and i, and I did see uh, a good amount of cuban doctors and medical students actually arrived in uh jamaica yeah. um last week or so just to, I mean, there's not Help a huge treat. amount of cases there, but just to assist. Uh, yeah. Cuba, Cuba deploys the most um, yeah. doctors yeah. to and, other and, countries. And, and, you know, without going into the, the political differences, um, I think that's one thing they've done well. That's one thing that Castro had in his policy that he wanted to invest a lot of money into educating Absolutely. doctors. Yo, believe it or not. And, and they have that. They, they have great health care. Believe it or not, I found out when I was in college in nursing school that there was a program, I'm not sure if they still have it. It was a program with America and Cuba where they sent you to Cuba for med school for free. Mm-hmm. And then when you came back from Cuba, you just had to donate two of your years at a um, underprivileged hospital. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, Jamaica and Cuba are right, right above each other. Cuba's right above Jamaica. Uh, two of my cousins um, 
got into a similar med school program for that. So if like you're like uh, doing like biology or any undergraduate study at um, University of West Indies, um, one of the top programs to get into that most students aim to get into, if not coming to a, a college here in the States, is the program in Cuba. It's, it's well regarded, you know? But, Absolutely. Uh, and I just thought that B probably wouldn't want a lot of people to know that because the goal is to make it seem like uh, Cuba is just in complete dire destruction from communism. Absolutely. And just now, um, shout out to like just closing on the whole PPE issue. Just shout out to all the shout out to all of the healthcare workers risking their life, especially also the first responders, people who got to work in delis, people um, transporting food. Like if you have to go to work and you you've been mandated as an essential employee, and you got to risk yourself. Shout out to you. Special shout out to all of my nurses that's going out there on the front line, dealing with this, being stressed out and just being scared out of your brain. Right. That you may catch this. You may die from this. You've seen people your age that are dying from this. You overwork. You're exhausted. Shout out to all of y'all, man. You're like y'all are definitely appreciated. If nobody ever told you that. You are definitely appreciated. It there was this running joke going around before because the World Health Organization had do, had dedicated the year of 2020 as the year of the nurse, and people was like, "Oh, when they said this was going to be the year of the nurse, this is not what I expected at all." But for me, I'm like, "This is exactly what I would expect yeah. that the nurse will come up and save everybody when it needs to be done, because that's their job, and they will sacrifice and put it all on the line." So this is exactly what they meant by this is being our year, and y'all have absolutely been stepping up to that challenge and taking on that charge shout out to y'all definitely appreciate y'all if you want to keep um abreast of it uh my uh greater new york city black nursing association chapter is actually going to have a, a virtual town hall for the entire community uh not this week probably the week after just updating people on what nurses is going through and sharing their stories and if you want to update and join in the fight with us then you can definitely do that as well Absolutely. Oh, I'm about to recruit her to the chapter. Glad, glad she's on the front line right now. Home resting. <laughs> let's, uh, let's segue into um, what's going on on the political forefront, too. So I think we had discussed right before we started recording that uh, Agent Orange is looking to open up the economy <laughs> by Easter. Yeah. Uh, this it, year is what? Mid-April? Like what? April 15th? Like April 20th or something, I think it is. April 20th. April 20th today. Uh, extreme, extremely accident. Easter is actually April nineteenth, right? Yep. No, wait, that's Orthodox Easter. Is Easter the no, Trev? You absolutely right. Easter is the Easter the twelfth of so April. Okay. So well, yeah. well, we know New York is not going to be open because right. they just put New York on pause for two more weeks, which right. comes so exactly to right. Easter. So there's no chance. Right. That be fully um, and I and I. I I think for Trump, which, what he's trying to do is trying to get the economy back going because he needs the economy to win. He's pretty much had this huge thing that the economy has thrived under his leadership. Yeah, absolutely. So he needs that to win, right? And I think that's why he's trying to push people to do it. If it, My estimate is we'll be completely open back up day after Memorial Day or for Memorial Day. That, that would be my estimate of back up except for schools i think they're going to keep schools home for the rest of the year regardless at that point but i think we'll be open back up completely by more i think we'll have some restrictions lifted and people will be traveling more uh at the end of april uh, i'm i'm pre- i'm throwing out predicting somewhere between april 20th and april 27th got it for sure i, I hope so so we have some uh landmark 
legislature getting ready to be in place. Uh, yeah, yeah, signed passed, off. Passed by that signed off on uh, on Friday. So we have this large stimulus um, package, yeah. which they're getting ready to uh, roll out. The details on exactly how much is it's been out there and who all is receiving. Um, but we're talking trillions. We're talking about at least yeah. $2 trillion. And this is a stimulus to stimulate the economy due to the loss um, of the different sectors of the economy. People not working, businesses you know, having to close due to COVID-19. Um, what are our thoughts right now on this package in terms of what we know so far? I know a lot of the information is not there yet. Um, Dr. J, what are you thinking right now in terms of this package and just the knowledge that you've come across in the recent days about it? Uh, it's going to help some people. Uh, like it's going to give $1,200 to everybody that made under $75,000 last year, right? Uh, you get $1,200 off the bat. Uh, it's also going to give $500 for everybody with a child, depending on how much money you made. Unfortunately, I can't get neither the 1200 or the 500 but, um, other people I know is greatly going to benefit from that, which is going to help them as well. Uh, it's also going to, um, it's <laughs> robin season um it extends uh uh unemployment which is great uh it gives pay to furloughed wake workers uh for those of you who don't know what furloughed workers are it's when your company doesn't lay you off they just say that they can't pay you for an extended period of time but you're guaranteed to start working as soon as the company opens and you made a key point about unemployment too uh last week Unemployment uh, had a record number of oh, yeah. uh, applications across the nation, exceeding the 2008 recession. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what's crazy about you saying that? The number's going to keep going up, and here's why. Here's how, here's how fucked up some people are, right? You have... <laughs> so, small with this package, small businesses and businesses across in general are going to be able to get zero-interest um, loans, right? Which is incredible, on top of that, their loans are going to be forgiven as long as you don't fire nobody or lay nobody off for like a six-month period, right? So a bunch of businesses that, like there were people that when Trump first, well, when New York first announced that they was closing, people started laying people out like, we just can't even afford to have you. Now that this has been rolled out, there's been a bunch of people in addition getting fired because companies are going to be able to get the loan and not necessarily have to pay all of those people, right? Because right? it's, it's, it's considered like a, a payroll loan for everybody that you've had on your... They're going to give you like four months of money for everybody that you have when you apply for the loan. So it's kind of crazy that they're like, oh yeah, let's fire some people now and then we can still operate in less and still get, get this money. Um, I want to shout out some of the businesses who are practicing uh, conscious capitalism. Mm -hmm. um, there was actually a book that I read last fall, Conscious Capitalism, great read about... You know, still staying in the black, making profit, but also just being practicing conscious business uh, principles. You know, not necessarily looking to do things that would go against morality for profit. Still staying in the profit, but looking out for others as well. Um, I saw Michael Rubin, uh, chairman of Fanatics. Fanatics, they do the sports apparel. Yeah. Um, He's the uh, Sixers owner, right? Yeah, Sixers owner as well. And the Devils um, does the prison reform with uh, Meek Mill and all of that. I saw that because they're halting production of their jerseys, they're using the fabric that they use for the jerseys to start making more masks. That's dope. Um, I saw Dyson. Dyson makes the vacuums. Mm -hmm. Dyson's been able to engineer uh, ventilators, ventilators. Um, pretty low cost. 
that they're um, just getting ready to start shipping out to various hospitals across the nation. Uh, you know, hopefully our government sees that and purchases some as well. But it, it, it's good to see some of the large manufacturing companies realizing ways that they can uh, reallocate product that they have an abundance of that might have just been laying around and say, oh, wait, you know, this could, this could be applicable to that. We could, you know, we could take the jersey material, we could make face masks, we could take you know, these, uh, you know, the different parts there for the suction for the vacuums mm-hmm. and make ventilators and, and, and different things. So, you know, That's there are dope. some companies who are practicing conscious capitalism, but I know you and I spoke on the phone during the week and you had mentioned that um, there are some companies, unfortunately, who are doing the exact opposite. I mean, we've been seeing price, price gauging taking place on Amazon and things of that nature. And they've been trying to do their best to control that. But um, I think you had mentioned on the phone during the week uh, some factors that are raising the price of healthcare supplies. Yeah, um, like you have, and when they talk about uh, states competing against each other and the reason why they wanted the government to regulate it is because you'll have a ventilator. Let's just say, for instance, and Cuomo gave this example uh, yesterday, and let's just say a ventilator will cost $20,000 normally, right? New York State's buying. New York starts buying because New York is like, yeah, we need like 40,000 ventilators. So they start buying up ventilators. Another state is like, well, I'm scared we're going to get hit. So let's buy up ventilators. That company now goes from charging 20000 to 40000 And it's like, yo, are you kidding me? Like in, in a time of crisis, your goal is let me make as much money as possible off the healthcare industry. In a time of crisis, right? What if you get hit with COVID and that same nurse, doctor, home attendant that you was preventing from... That, like that same person that you was preventing from getting that equipment because you was raising your price, now they got to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Right? And now they got to take care of you with some equipment that they couldn't get from you because you raised the price up. Right. Or they got to take care of your mother or your grandmother now with that equipment that they couldn't get. I mean, things always come full circle, man. Things always come full circle. It's just, conscious capitalism should be should be the, should be the goal. More, more companies should aim for that. Um... Shift into the market a little bit. So, you know, we spoke about it a little bit last week. And, uh, you know, we did ask a few of our followers on live. And one of the questions was, uh, you know, pulling out of stocks. Yeah. Um, so my, my 401k took a, a, a drastic drop over the past two weeks. Um, not something I, you know, luckily I'm at an age where I'm not really looking for that right now. Yeah. And, you know, this is a moment in time, right? 401k is dependent upon... The market so unfortunately for those who are looking to retire this spring this summer this year particularly um, those folks are are uh, greatly affected um, people still in the, the working class age group you know this things will never be the same of course but the economy will swing back eventually um, probably by Q4 end of this year um, now in terms of the stocks Let's look at it like this. So we were in a bull market for a while. People think of a bull. Bull has there's the bull, the charging bull right there by Bowling Green on Wall Street. The horns on the bull point upwards. Um, uh, we went into a bear market for a while. There was some speculation that we're fully out the bear and back in the bull. I don't know if I fully believe that. But here's the good thing about the bear market. The bear market, that's where you get in. You know, that's where you're able to get a cost basis and a cost basis is is essentially the differential between what you purchased per share originally where where you bought in at and where you are now in terms of where where the the cost is. Um, 
So, for example, you'd be bought into something at around ninety-five. This happened to me. I bought into something around ninety-five dollars um, back in twenty sixteen. That stock has not gone below two hundred, two ten. I would say. I think it's at like two. We were just low for it right now. It hasn't gone below two hundred in two years. Past two years. That's not a bad cost basis, right? Yeah. That's more than double. That 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 that's a good percentage. You made but, all the money. Right, but I got in at a low point. So. Right now, across the market, for the most part, you know, folks have lost some money, but folks looking to acquire, it's kind of like even like the housing, we're going to see in the housing market soon, you know, with the interest rates being so low, it's a good time to buy, if, if you have the capital. For those of you that do have the capital, uh, because, you know, you've put away for rent or you saved up, or you, you're just that liquid, you know, you're doing well enough, where despite the, uh, you know, and that's why the old saying, Warren Buffett said, it takes money to make money. money. Because yeah. a lot of times, you just, there's a lot of, you know, sometimes you and I will have different brothers in our chapter talking about different opportunities. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that's not a great opportunity. You just got to have that level of capital laying around where you could play with that and be like, oh, yeah, let me try that. You know, uh, the thing that why the rich get rich is because they have that level of money to, to discretionary funds with. to play around with. You know, when you're going, you know, check to check or this, that, you know, a lot of families in the city, you can't even really think about investing that much because you're counting every penny. But uh, right now is a good time to buy in. Um, similar to how the auto industry was bailed out, GM, uh, Ford, uh, before in the recession, um, there's talks that Carnival and a few other large cruise carriers are going to get bailed out by the American economy. It, but here's, here's the problem with it. But here's the problem with that, right? And AOC was talking about this. The cruise lines aren't registered as American companies. Not all of them, right? That, no, like... If not all of them, uh, a very high percentage of all of them are not are registered. Not, okay. They're registered as foreign foreign industries to avoid American tax. Mm. And there, a lot of lawmakers' things was, why are we giving you interest-free loans or bailing you out if you don't pay American tax anyway? Which is why I said Carnival in particular. Yeah. Because what I heard is that, you know, back to perception, right? American flag, stars and stripes. Carnival flies under the... Even if they're registered elsewhere for tax purposes, mm-hmm. they're one of the few that, that are big on flying under the American banner. So it's like, because they're, you know, part of that campaign, they might get... Even though they're not registered here, they're viewed as the American cruise line ship. You know, we'll see. But, uh, you know, there's, 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 uh, there's other companies, uh, a lot of software companies, companies that promote uh, cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. Companies that promote cybersecurity are looking great right now. Um, software companies, even like Adobe, designing things, um, are, are are looking on the up and up. So, you know, ride the market out, folks. Ride the market out. Those looking to buy in, you know, right now is not a, is 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 probably never say not a bad time. It's a great time to jump in because, you know, get it. You know, buy low sell high or, or buy low and, and you know ride the wave till till it comes up. So now that we're at low points, it's 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 definitely um a, a good time a good time for entry. Absolutely. That's dope. That's 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 a lot of good knowledge right there, good brother. Something yeah, that sure. we, we and need. And, some, and something that I wanted to share too, because uh you know th- this works directly with something that a project that I was working on um in uh on work with work last year is uh right now some real estate market also in REITs. So REITs is an acronym, R-E-I-T. That stands for Real Estate Investment Trust. 
So that's how a lot of uh, large uh, businessmen make money too. They have these large real estate um, trusts, uh, mostly commercial real estate, shopping malls, things of that nature. Um, like you'll ever see, like who like, you'll see like a Fernando trust. They they're the ones that operate like a lot of the the malls in the, in the New York okay. City area, things of that nature. And um, there's some concern about that market because that's for a while was a short money maker. Um, I was reading an article yesterday um, that was mentioned that uh, Cheesecake Factory told a lot of the uh, banks that hold the mortgage for their locations, you know, the restaurant Cheesecake Factory, yeah. the, the banks that hold the mortgages for a lot of their restaurants that they're not going to be able to make rent for a little while. Um, well, Cuomo suspended, uh, well, let me get this correct. Cuomo suspended evictions for at least 90 days. Right. So anybody that can't pay rent April 1st, May 1st, June 1st. Um, but go ahead. I think across. I think so. I think it was like across the board. Right. So you can't evict somebody if they can't pay their rent for for those three okay. months. So for right now. New York cheesecakes are good. They hope. <laughs> let's hope so. You know, cheesecake is big in the south. Yeah. Out, out west, and I don't know if uh, those governors are following the same type of time. But uh, you know, a little takeaway for our listeners: look into that REITs, uh, real estate investment trust. Um, good uh, money market tool to be aware of and it will be interesting to watch their trajectory as we uh, go over the next couple of months to see um, how they're affected um, by you know just this complete shocker to the economy alright sounds good alright man so switching topic let's get into the music man what's been going on musically during quarantine quarantine well um couple new releases we just had on Friday, um, and I remember there was an album that I was saying that I was looking forward to. Um, my man P&D, Party Next Door. Canada's own. You know, from my, from my family's um, town in Mississauga. Um, dropped his new project, Party Mobile. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to say it didn't hit for me, but it didn't hit for me the way I'm wanting well, so far. That's just for one full listen. Um... And just the here's my thing. It's it's, it's kind of like with a couple of new projects that 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 uh, that uh, I'm looking forward to. Kendrick, whenever he's ready to drop. Meek, whenever he's ready to drop. Um, Sean announced Detroit too, but there's no date yet. Cole's next solo project. When you when you take a certain amount of Drake too, I forgot because yeah, Scorpion came out. Mm-hmm. When when certain artists take a certain that are that are good at what they do, when they say take a certain amount of time off between projects. I'm thinking that you're really letting life help with your creativity. You got to go through different phases, different things. You're doing different collaborations. You know, you're taking your time with it. So I'm thinking that you're going to deliver a piece that is like, you know, next level. Like it's really going to transcend. Um, and it's been a, a, a good while since his last project because, you know, he, he does a lot of work with his pen and it does a lot of work with producing um, worked heavy on Rihanna projects, works a lot with Drake's projects as well. So, um, you know, he was more in the background as opposed to working on his own stuff for a little while. So I'm thinking, all right, his next show going to slap. And yeah. I'm not going to say there's not vibes on there, but um, compared to previous projects, it wasn't it, it, it wasn't what I wanted it to be. So you was expecting, like, classic level. Yeah. The or, crazy- or, or, or at least something... And, and this is an interesting question I often ask people. 
Is 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 artists early and but you know what I don't, I don't feel this way about Jay Z though that's the funny thing I was gonna say is artists early stuff do we rate it so high because we don't have a barometer to compare it to for them a lot of a like, lot of the times and, and, and then it's like that becomes their barometer but I guess what but the reason why I said I don't feel that way about Jay is because I feel like he all even though he's like transitioning a different sound over the years. I'm not constantly going back to like I have my favorite album from his book, mm-hmm. right? But I'm not constantly I feel like comparing volume one and volume two, blue, even as he comes out with new stuff. You know, even when he comes out something like four four four, I'm like, oh, this is dope for this. For this moment. You know, for, for this moment. I, I like I like this. Now it might not be his best, but I like what he did with this. Yeah. You know? Um But I th- but that's partly because we've accepted Jay Z's transition. Um, and sometimes as artists, you transition into different lanes. And if your core fan base has not accepted your transition, mm-hmm. they're not going to receive it as well. Right. Um, I also I get worried a little bit when artists take too much time. Too to much do, time. Right. Because right. I feel like they're out of rhythm. Uh, right. Like, that's, that's, like that's, that's, that's the other aspect I was going to wonder is, is it taking a long time because there's a lot of different things that's being experimented with and, and, and being worked on? Or is it taking too much time because they're not hitting well, and, some, and, and, and 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 they trying to find those cuts, those tracks to pick to to pick from. Like sometimes overexposure, though, meaning like overstimulation to the world, right? Like because a lot of artists, you're being stimulated by different things, and then you're taking it and you're translating it into your work, right? Right, and sometimes overstimulation is not necessarily the best thing, Absolutely. and sometimes, like like let's think about some of the artists when they produce certain things. Blueprint was in the middle of. What Jay Z was producing, right? Meaning, like every year from when he came out in '96 with Reasonable Doubt, you had Reasonable Doubt, Volume One, Volume Two, um, Volume Three, Dynasty, Blueprint. Those are all back to back years. Mm -hmm. He didn't take no time off. off. When you think of, but when he dropped Kingdom Come, it was a big break because he semi retired, right? And it wasn't necessarily well received, right? Um, And then you have. who else was I thinking about? Um, so, so when, but what I was saying was that sometimes artists give us, oh, it was Lil Wayne. So when Lil Wayne gave us the Carter Three, which is revered, remember he was on everybody's stuff that summer, right? Right, like he was on everybody to the point where I remember a Robin Thicke interview where Robin Thicke was like, "I saw Lil Wayne and I was telling him like, yo, you want to lay low? You might want to lay low because you got a project coming out. Like, don't give everybody your best work." And Wayne was just like, nah, I'm working. And he was just so much in a zone of being on everybody's stuff yeah. that he just took that and made his album it's with like it. It's like having a hot hand. Yes. Like when, when, when you, you don't want to sit down. He checked the basketball. Like, exactly. You know, the on right now. I don't even want to break this. Like, exactly. So sometimes I worried about that. Like when you take too much time for something, are you really going to be able to give us your best work with that overstimulation? Right. Because you want to give us everything when your project should just be like a capsule of time. For that, for that moment. Well, and, and that's the funny thing, going back to P&D, because my man was ghost for a whole year leading up to this, leading up to him announcing that he had the album coming out. You know, he was ghost from social media, public appearances for like a whole year. So one would think that he's locking in because he's not overexposing, right? You think he's just in the lab. Kind of like Kendrick right now. You're not really hearing a lot about him. So it's just like, you're wondering, like, is he just living life? Which is cool, yeah. too, because all these are people living life. You know, Absolutely. Kendrick's married. Um, I'm not sure if he has children, so maybe he's just doing normal family stuff. 
or maybe he's in the lab about to you who knows but it just makes you wonder because you're not getting the eyesight into the process you know yeah. but um not 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 bad at all and I, I will listen some more but i will just say off a of first listen it wasn't and i listened to it start to finish it just wasn't where i wanted it to be as a fan for his i will give another r&b artist um named Givian from uh, Long Beach, California, R&B okay. artist. He just dropped his project. Um, and that, that right there is some smooth R&B. It's called Take Time. Take Time by Givian. Um, I was introduced to him. So remember when Drake dropped those two tracks last month? Um, when to Say When in Chicago yeah, freestyle? absolutely. So Givian is that dude at the end. Okay, okay. Uh, 2 a.m., meet me by the bean. You know what it is whenever I visit. Yeah. All right, I'm going to give it a that's, listen. That's, that's him right there. Um, his project is his project is vibes, bro. His project is vibes. Um, you know me, I love the UK sound. Um, Skepta got a new project called Insomnia that he dropped to two other um, two other grime artists, Chip and Young Ads. Yeah. That's that's some vibes if you like that that UK energy. Skepta, um, a dope artist. And and you know that that whole production sound is really what's been running Brooklyn sound lately. You know the drill, oh, yeah. that, that 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 BPM speed. So. I feel like uh, if you went to a lot of the Brooklyn rappers right now, Chef G's, Pop Smoke, R.I.P., uh, Tutu, everything that's coming out of here, you know, there's really no way. I feel like you can't like the grime sound because that's that's what those it is. Producers, that's where it's coming from. Yeah. It's just with, with an American uh, slang accent. Oh, it's speaking of pop, his um, his video dropped with Quavo for oh, Shake yeah, the Room. Oh, that's pretty dope. That was yeah. pretty dope. They did that out dope. in Paris when they yeah. was out there. Um, Avery Virgil Abloh that. shot that. Yeah, that was vibes. Yeah, I can also appreciate them not rushing to release that to right. say like yeah, we're gonna really time. work it to where yeah, we want it to be and nice. then release it. And same thing with Fifth doing what he doing. Like you yeah. know, like you know, sometimes I feel there's a pressure like oh we got to do it while he's still in memory, like while it's yeah. hot. Like nah, it's just like nah, take, take time, take time. With that and, and, and let's get it dope. Um, Jeezy dropped a project also, um, 2020, 2020 Pyrex Vision, and. Um, you know, that's funny, because that's a line that Jeezy said way back before, way before the year 2020, like, 2020 Pyrex vision yeah. in the kitchen, seen it all, seen it all with him and Ho. I haven't, I haven't been able to listen to and that yet. I haven't listened it's, to it yet fully. T, you know, it's TM1, TM101, 15th anniversary. Right. A couple people sent it to me, like, because I ain't going to hold you. Like, I've, I'm a Jeezy fan, but Jeezy's projects as of lately has it been haven't really hit for me. And a couple people sent this to me, like, yo, Trev, this that old Jeezy. You know, I know he got his boy uh, Shorty Red. Heavily on the boards with this one, and um, I listened to the first track just a little bit when I was in the park, um, working out. Oh, it's only twenty songs. I mean, it's only seven songs. Yeah, it's not long. Got it's it. not long. But just the way the intro track was knocking, I was yeah. like, "Yo, this might be something. This might be like that TM one on one vibe." Because you uh-huh. know, I mean, Thug Motivation one on one, man. That that's a rap classic. That's a oh, absolutely classic. Like, yo, listen, I love some gangster music, man. So if it, it if it knocks, it's gonna be knocking in my car for a while. You know, to that joint. You know, that was that was even in the background on Kendrick's Good Kid Mad City. Last time I was the man on these shit. Like, <laughs> you, you, you was talking that talk on that one. Um earlier you guys heard a real smooth cut from a producer um in Philly from Philly named Knowledge. Um he spells that K N X L E D G E. And he dropped a project on Friday called nineteen eighty eight. Um, and it's just a, he, he does really dope stuff. Like if you go to his Instagram, he'll take like um, audio from one thing and put a whole different beat on it, and okay. it just flows seamlessly. I mean, he, he has really a good gained music popularity. Here. He took a lot of like Meek's classic freestyles from when he was like like Nappy Braids Meek, mm-hmm. like classic street freestyles, and like put them on like these old school, real smooth jazz type beats. And 
I don't know how, but it's like it it, it flows. It, it it makes it, it sound like it. spoken word. It's so it, dope. That means that he has a great musical yeah, ear to be so, able to catch yeah, that. It's so dope the way he does it. So um yeah, his project 1988. That's all it is. It's a bunch of dope uh you know beat flips and uh good to listen to like you know when you're cleaning or just just want to chill vibe. But you know the quarantine season has um you know had artists and members of the music community very engaged on social media and being and, creative and being creative too and and thinking of ways to uh you know they know a lot of people are home stuck home um you know tv's not our only thing radio's not our only thing um social media is a big part of our interaction and i would even say for the some part um it's it's, it's twofold i do think as you mentioned people should find a solace and maybe you know find some peace and nature and relax but also you know social media has also help people stay connected and and um find entertainment you Absolutely. know during this time of being stuck at home you know you are uh, seeing virtual happy hours and you know um comedians zoom. and just different entertainers doing different stuff you know zoom different stuff but um particularly the hip-hop culture um We've been having a lot of sound offs on Instagram. Yes, yes. We have a lot of uh, sound offs. A lot of battles. A lot of battles. Um, so it's. It... And for me personally, you know, Dr. J, you know me personally for years. I love this because this hits on two things that I love. I mean, being of Jamaican background, you know, I love sound clashing. From when yes. I was a little kid, you know, from um, my family used to throw big barbecues. I love sound clashing. Grew up around it. You know, came to Binghamton was a part of CSA. Used to host the Sound Clash during Carnival. And then furthermore, also, just, you know, growing up here in the States, I love freestyling. And I love battling, yeah. too. It's just fun. You know, one of me, me and one of our friends, you know, we'll, we'll go at it. We'll battle. It's just, a, it's just a fun activity. You know, we've been doing that since middle school, you know, in, in the cafeteria. So to watch two artists go at it is, is dope. Now, we haven't really seen too many battles in terms of, like, rappers battling. But DJs have been on. Uh, and producers. And, and shout out to all of the DJs who uh, shout out to all of the DJs who have been leveraging Instagram Live. Um, you had D Nice. I don't know if you saw that. that. Threw, yeah, he threw us a whole vibe. Hundred K followers. Man, yeah, the classic vibes for hours too. Even teamed up with Michelle Obama. Yeah. Um, Oprah came in there. Yeah. Like, Mark right, Zuckerberg he, came in there. It's popular. It's that, that's a, and a lot of DJs have been killing it, man. Shout out to uh, shout out to the Caribbean DJs going off too. I've even comed- comedian Major Hype right here in Brooklyn. He does a little segment. Um, I've seen different radio stations doing stuff, but we've had um, some notable producers going through their catalog, going through their crates again. So, so let's let's start with Swiss and Timberland, right? So Swiss and, and Timberland was one of the main ones that uh, that kicked it off. And it's funny because Swiss has been doing this for a little while before this quarantine. Yeah, because you also had Swiss versus Just Blaze. Blaze. Yeah, was that about a year ago? Maybe. Yeah, nah, maybe more than maybe that. More than that. Yeah, but that was a big thing too. That when, when, they, was, when they did that. And it, and it was one of those where, I think it was two years ago, actually. Um, but, but, so that was just supposed to be, like, behind the scenes, just two friends having fun. Right. And Just Blaze approached Swiss about it. Right, But right. Ebro pulled they, out his camera, he recorded yeah. it. It's actually on YouTube, which is dope. And so with this one with Swiss and Timberland, a lot of people are like, Swiss lost this one to Timberland. Um, and, like, we was going back and forth and debating about it and... So the crazy thing is what you talking about the history of sound clashes. Part of being in a sound clash with somebody is not just what the record you play. It's also how you present that record, mm-hmm. right? How you introduce that record, talk, how you follow talk. it up, mm-hmm. the trash talk that you're doing. So I feel like with this being virtual and being online, Swiss couldn't control the room like he did against Just Blaze. If it was live. Right? Yeah. Like when it was live against Just Blaze, 
when he played that um if you hope we didn't make it fuck you by the locks which is a dope hood track but even if you're not from the hood and you in person if it busts live and you the, energy the energy makes you like yeah. oh what's yep, this yep. what's it's crazy mm-hmm. he wasn't able to do that right so Timlin was able to dictate it and you was you was giving up a good point about how they wasn't in the same category a lot when they was playing records against each other they weren't they weren't um because they both have great catalogs but i felt like you know and i can even go through the list real quick on um I can even go through this list real quick on title. Yeah. Shout out to title for taking yeah. all of these battles that's been going on and making content. it into records for us. Like that's been absolutely dope, man. We definitely appreciate that. Title's always on it, man. Uh, matter of fact, our um our frat brother school. Yeah. School uh, put this playlist together actually. Okay, that's dope. Yeah, oh, I, ain't, I ain't even know Scoop was um, on Title. Yeah. Uh, works for Title. Or does something with Title. I don't. I don't I would have to holler and find out exactly what he does. But shout out, shout out Scoop for putting this together. But yeah, for example, Timbo plays Blood Pressure by the Locks. Well, really, Jadakiss. No, Swiss. Jadakiss verse. Uh, Swiss, I'm Swiss sorry. Way, but yeah, Swiss, Swiss plays Blood Pressure. <laughs> Timbo comes back with Make Me Better, Fab and Neo. Like, I just feel like that's not... And I'm saying that, that that's not a big record, but that's not the record you play... For blood pressure. Yeah. Um, Swiss plays Fuck You, the same joint you was talking about. Um, and then it's like... And Timbaland plays Snoopy Track. Right. Now that Different. that goes against Fuck You and it'll probably get more of a reaction right. because that was more of like uh, in the street record. Right. Although it was streets, but people knew about that record. Right, right. Like we was playing that in parties. Whereas Fuck You wasn't really being played in parties unless you was in the hood party where everybody right. had bandanas on. Right, exactly. And um, listen, man, they, I just felt like Timbo, Timbo went for the big hits, mm-hmm. the commercial hits, like just like stuff that he had in his catalog, just which are well known. I think Timbo did a better job of doing an internet battle and Swiss was playing and Swiss was thinking more so of a regular clash because yeah. um, Swiss was going more so for anthems yeah. and Timbo was going like more it- so for notoriety. Songs that a wide variety of people he, know. He, songs a, that had commercial hits. So here's an example. Timberland played Pony, which girls are going to go crazy. Right. People, So if you're talking about just an audience that's watching this virtually, they're going to go crazy. And Swiss countered with Roman's Revenge. So now it's just kind of like, what? Like those two just right. not, you know, and then Swiss, come, I mean, then Timberland comes back with Gossip Folks. And then Swiss took it to upgrade you, mm-hmm. which is he's trying to match him now. Right, which is which is which is good, but this is it's dope, right? Like when it's we, dope. it was dope for and, the culture. And understand, like when we talk about somebody who may win or may lose, we're not really talking about really winning and losing. We're just talking about complete perception, right? In terms right? of like it, the entertainment value for that, I mean, sound clash culture, especially with uh with DJs, you know, sounds different mm-hmm. sounds that compete against each other, um, from you know. Uh, Black Chinese, Mighty Mighty Crown, Stone Love, oh yeah, David Rodigan, like they going at it, and even with the theatrics that that go with sound clashing, they go at it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when it's over, it's, it's all love. It's peace. It's legit. Just it's all love. Who captivated the crowd and and just dropped the biggest you know songs? Um, yeah. You know during 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 that period during that clash, um, and- I remember Red Bull was playing with this idea of sound clashing for a while. And, um, you know, this is when Wiz Khalifa got his introduction to the culture because Wiz Khalifa had put together DJ Collective and he was going against Popcorn. And they were, you know, going at it. But what Wiz Khalifa, I guess, wasn't as familiar with maybe being, you know, more in the hip-hop culture, he wasn't familiar with 
duplets. Yeah. And, and for and, those and, of you who don't know what du- yeah, thank you. A with duplet is a big deal, especially yeah. in a class. So what a duplet is to dub on something is uh you, you 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 take a song. You have a song that everyone knows. And basically the artist is shouting out the same cadence, same beat, but shouting out. He's basically personalizing that song for a particular DJ, DJ. for a particular So style. similar to what like Hot 97 or Power 105 have where certain DJs have certain records that artists have remade to put their name in it right. and their artists and then the DJ will play that during that segment Flex instead of playing the regular one. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? But this is stuff that they remake their own hit record, hit record for, for a person. Them. For them. Right. So, um, you know, when you get like a, when, when you get like a, a super, um, well, like you take a song that's like well known at a time or artist that's hot and that song is rocking and then he makes a whole spinoff, well not even a spinoff, he remixes it just for you. And you drop that at a clash. That's the golden Go ticket. To. And um, at that point, views that dropped not too long ago. And, um, you know, Controller with both of them on it was already out. So that's yeah. not really going to wow people. But what he dropped was a one dance dub plate. So Drake made a dub plate for Popcorn. Okay. One dance just, um, just you know, specifically for that. I forgot how to, how to, how to lyrics went, but something like... Um, Poppy got the machine in his hand. What sound can test? I don't know. Unruly got all the flow. Something like that, but it was over. Like, Wiz Khalifa was, was done at that point. Yo, this, and, this been... Um, I, I remember being at sound clashes where they got dub plates specifically made for the people they was going, going against. against. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, they, like they right. just dissed that person. Oh, yeah, because a dub plate's a big deal, bro. You got to think about it. If, if, if you got a big sound, and I'm a top artist right now, you got to come with a hefty... Be- like, like... So that's why dub plates even come from connections and and because like you in order to get a dub plate you got to either have a lot of clout, connections or the money mm-hmm. to get the dub plate because yeah. it's like if I'm hot right now I got Billboard charting songs and you come to me like yo Trev I need you to cut me a dub plate remix in my number one song right now like bro I'm touring for this song yeah, right now. this song is money. selling like well, how yeah, much you money. talking I, I could do it but how much you you know this is this is a big thing. Because I also know the value of a dub plate from me, especially if I'm on top right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. If you drop a dub plate from me during your clash, it's probably a rap. Yo, because dude. the beat's gonna drop and everyone's gonna think it's the song, but then it is the song, but it's me it's like it. highlighting you. Dude. You know what I mean? Yo, it you was one it. it was one clash that people talked about, a legendary clash. You know, one of those like it's always like the myths. Mm-hmm. And they said somebody dropped a Bob Marley dub plate and walked off. Wow. Like they was in the middle of going back and forth, and people thought he yeah, was yeah. losing, and he just played the Bob Marley dub plate, and everybody started going and crazy. Done, he took his crate and, yeah. and, and just walked out. Because, <laughs> because just to give to add to the magnitude of that, you can't get that dub plate. Yeah, because the man, the man, so it's like you know yeah. what I mean. That's like somebody having like a Nip Hustle dub plate yeah. in their stash. You know what I mean? Like racks in the middle remix for them, and then just drop that. Because what you, you can't reach Nip again. You yeah. can't reach Pop Smoke again. You can't reach Biggie again. You know what I mean? Like so that's that's the ultimate stunner. Like when you have see something that you've been sitting on for an artist that's passed on, there's no coming back for that because that was something that you've been holding on to since that artist was alive. So yeah, man, you know, it, it was dope for the culture. You know, it was another one that I did like. I really liked um Boy Wonder versus Hit Boy. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I liked Boy Wonder versus Hit Boy possibly more than Timbaland and uh Swizzy is because I felt like Boy Wonder and Hit Boy they um they were more so staying within categories and matching each other and match each other yeah. like oh 
this your Drake tune, this my Drake tune. You know, because they both produced it's a lot for Drake, Coast. right? Oh, this your West Coast joint, this my West Coast joint. Oh, you got Nip music, I got Nip music too. And I, and or, I, or this your under, this this your hardcore joint, this my hardcore okay. joint. And I like it. I like clashes better like that when it's like structure, like especially when you got people who have a wide catalog. Yeah. Like I can't be busting hood tunes and then you busting your, your song for the ladies. And then I'm on club bangers and you busting, you know what I'm saying? Hoods like we gotta cause it's it, it don't match. You it gotta you gotta keep an energy. I think that I think that Because what we're trying to see is who rocked a particular segment, segment. better. You and know? I think that fits better to the crowd for a neutral crowd right. in terms of they don't they're not gonna sway one way or the other. Right. And I also think it's like we was talking earlier, I think it'll be dope if it's like so we're gonna have a sound clash. The first twenty five minutes, you're gonna control, meaning every record you play he has to match it in that category. Then the next 25 minutes, he going to set it off, right? And then that also makes you strategically think, right? Because part of a clash and part of a battle should also be how do you adjust to me and how I adjust right, to you, right, right? Right? Like if you play something fire and I come back with like for for Timberland and, and, and Swiss Beats, if Swiss came out with um, Get Your Freak On, I'm sorry, if Timberland came out with Your Freak On Missy, then Swiss counters with bring them out, bring them out. It's hard, to, and then now people's like, oh, like he's, you know, you maturing hit exactly. for hit, right? Like you, like, and I think that's one of the things that, like, you know, hopefully it grows into that during this time since we still gonna be under quarantine for a while. Yeah, man, dudes could leverage uh, apps like Caffeine and all those, and yeah, do some live linkage. You know who's been going off? He has been battling, but uh, going off um by on his own too. Um, Manny Fresh. Okay. Manny Fresh, Cash Money, legendary New Orleans producer. Okay. Um, Cause he's just so good at what he does. Like he'll take like soulful joints and put them on the bounce beat. Who do you want to you know, see? That, him? You know that's a big thing with New Orleans. Cause they'll they'll put anything on the bounce, bounce beat. beat. You know that. Who do you want to see Manny first battle? Like there's been a couple of other people that are like oh wait. I'm waiting to see Pharrell battle. Yeah. I would say Pharrell and Manny Fresh, but there's already bad blood. Somebody might get shot. So let's not. Oh, true, true. Cash right. Money yeah. And, uh, push it. yeah. Yeah. That'll be an interesting um, battle though. When I think of Manny, I'm thinking energy. Um, so I want like another, I'm trying to think of another DJ producer who got like those kind of, those boom bangers. You know what I mean? Like, cause Manny's, Manny's joint is like very, um, very high energy. Somebody, somebody who got bass knockers. Who's a producer who got who like Who used to produce speaker, for Lil John? Speaker knockers and stuff like that. Who was that Atlanta producer back then for Lil John? And I can't think of his name. Well, we would need somebody who like, uh. Somebody got a lot of club shakers, like because mm-hmm. because that, that that way you could really go at it. Like who won the strip club? Who got yeah. all the, who who made all the booty bass anthems or who who really got the energy anthems? Who who made the more dope boy tracks? You know so what I mean? Need, like you need to see mustard versus like I like to see I like to see a mustard battle. Um, Manny Fresh, I like to see that could Pharrell. Be, that could be fire. Um, I'm trying to think. Dre, like Dre got a. Like, I want to see a Dre battle. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see... And, you know, because Dre's really a music head. Yeah. I want to see a Dre battle. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think Dre, Pharrell... I, like, I would like to see Manny Fresh. I don't think he messing with Dre, though. Yeah. I don't think... Like, I don't... His catalog isn't as wide, either. Like, not saying that he doesn't have hits. The sound just doesn't vary very. as much. Dre got... Dre has such a variety. Um, it, it, it would be dope. It would definitely be... I, I hope I hope uh, they keep this going. There's been some... some uh, I saw While She Fire... Um, from um, Black Chinese Sound Major Laser, he had a, a a dance on one yesterday too, with a sound from Toronto versus a sound from London. That was pretty dope. Had a lot of people uh, logged in. He didn't do that on IG Live though. He did it on YouTube, and that was pretty good. 
Um, but just to keep going with the stuff that's on IG Live, um, Strip Club Culture has been oh. brought to IG Live to keep people entertained. Shout out to Fendi. Um, <laughs> man, free Fendi, bro. Yeah, free, 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 Fendi. free him. Fendi you know, did it for the culture, man. Fendi did it for the culture, man. He was, he was making sure that, you know, the ladies got their proper uh, payment prior, yeah. to, prior to any action being done. Um, and that's what's doing. dope about it. He wasn't even just capitalizing on right. it. It's it was like, a lady's doing it, I'll make sure she get paid off of it, too. Off of it. Yeah. He was legit making sure that uh, the people that was doing it was, was getting paid. He it's, wasn't getting paid. There's been strip clubs um, Boos, that have had... Boosie's been doing something similar. <laughs> Boosie's just yeah, been wilding. Boosie's a comedian. Like, Boosie was wilding before quarantine, right, exactly. too. So and he's just been... You know, it's, it was a strip club that had uh, auditions mm-hmm. on IG Live during all of this, mm-hmm. and they were throwing singles at the phone, mm-hmm. which was hilarious. And then somebody was like, "I hope you pick that up and cash app it to them." Crazy, bro. But this quarantine's definitely been interesting, and athletes too. We've been having athletes um, go, go live. live. Athletes have been going live. I saw a really good conversation um, with Dwayne Wade and Carmelo. Um, and they were just reflecting from, you know, meeting each other um, in the tournament when mm-hmm. um, Wade was at Marquette and Melo was at Syracuse. Yeah, that's when uh, Melo won. Yeah, getting drafted and their careers. And it was, it was just a good conversation. It was a solid conversation. You know, that's know. what rose Wade's um, draft stock was the NCAA, which what rose his draft was the NCAA tournament. He talks about that because what well, he said at that point, he wasn't as familiar with Braun yet. Um, you know, he was like, oh, well, I guess... Melo's going to be the first pick in the draft, you know, mm-hmm. until it was clear that, like, Bron was coming out of high school. Um, and then everybody remembers how Detroit <laughs> just took this random yeah. European dude, Darko Milicek, Dog. who never <laughs> who never amounted to anything. And, and just Melo went third. Yo, but, Detroit was the defending champions yeah. and had the number two overall yeah, pick. That's like, so like imagine with that squad they had with Sheed, Chauncey, Rip Hamilton. Ben but Wallace. listen, that imagine draft... Imagine that, if they grabbed Melo on top of that. Yes, but they also it was Melo in that draft. Dwayne Wade was in that Chris draft. Bosch. Bosch was in that draft. Kirk and, Heinrich, who was solid for yes. the beginning of his a lot of You people. didn't draft none of them. You draft somebody that never came to the NBA. They which they is got was a crazy. Chip out of that squad. What they got? They nah, got they only had one. one. The, the one they won before yeah, that. Right, right, yeah. You know, but it's yeah. it's dope seeing artists shit themselves and be vulnerable and talk about these things that they've gone through. Athletes, um, yeah. athletes. I mean, yeah. yeah. And I think I remember them sharing a story about um, Melo almost drowning because he got caught in yeah. a um, in a riptide, a, yeah. on vacation. And Braun jumped back in to save him. Yeah. He was like, "Yo, Wade, where you was at?" And Wade said, "I told you before you jumped your ass in the water, I wasn't getting in the water. Right. right so right. why'd you think I was going to jump in to right. save you? No, nah, they told some good stories, man. They reflected on Kobe. It, it, it was good. I know LeBron's been going live a lot. Um, he's been he's been discussing a lot of different things. Did he mention on um, the thoughts of? Possibly playing in an empty stadium. Is- yeah, yeah. So Le- Le- LeBron's just like how, you know, because it's it's been this notion that the NBA will come back, and the way China is doing it right now is that China pretty much brought all of their teams to one city, mm. and they're going to play in this one section of the city, and it's kind of going to be like a tournament where they just go around, mm. but they'll kind of like quarantine the teams so they won't get infected. And LeBron, LeBron's thing has kind of been like, yo, part of being a professional athlete is crowd reaction. Absolutely. Right? Like, it's whether true. it's yeah. they're cheering for you or you trying to shut them up. Like, that's part of it. Which is also why entertainment is so big in America. Right? And, like, when you, when you think about it, the world gets the Olympics every four years. Right. America gets Olympic-style stuff every single year mm-hmm. with different teams. 
right? Like, that's how big our sports are. Like, for the most part, the majority of our sports are the best in the world. Yeah. Right? So, we get the Olympics every year. So, when right. you talk about athletes being like, y'all don't want to play in front of an empty stadium, I can, I can completely understand that. Yeah, man. It'll be interesting. And I know we was rapping on the phone. You said that an uh, NFL expert that said that the... Yeah, yeah. They said the season might get canceled. So, so, so yeah, Kirk Hypes, um, Hypes, the draft Herbstreet, is still scheduled to go on. Go on in yeah. April. So, Kirk um, Herbstreet, um, who's a he's a college NFL analyst. He's one of the premier ones. He does college game day and all of that. Uh, he was like, "Yo, I'm predicting that we're going to cancel both college and professional because the colleges, since they shut down, athletes can't practice or have their spring right, training. Right. Yeah. So in college, you get two spring trainings. You get one that's held in the spring semester, and then you get one that's held over the summer. So they're like, yo, they're not going to be able to do this. But I'm going to tell you right now, ain't no way in the world NCAA is canceling college football. Like basketball is one thing. I wouldn't even be surprised if the NCAA came back and said they're having their March Madness tournament in, in, in May mm. or in June. Like I wouldn't be surprised at that because it makes so much money. Yeah. But college football, like college football in terms of American money can almost go toe for toe with the NBA. That's how much money college football brings in. Yeah. There is no way they're going without that season. That. You know, not to mention that a lot of college football money funds a bunch of other um, athletic programs within for colleges. The, for the for the institutions, yeah. The so it's, yeah, but they're way too greedy to to let yeah. that to let it not happen. That's a good topic. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have an episode about that too. But we're yeah. gonna go in on the NCAA. And oh, absolutely. NFL. That's gonna be a good takeaway. Um, Doctor J, we had a few questions from our listeners. Oh yeah. We just um unpack those before we sign out, sign off for today. Absolutely, absolutely. Um somebody had asked um and we want to make sure that we get into people. We want to we respond to people's questions. We don't want to just ask y'all this. Um somebody had asked is there really um lines of people outside of hospitals waiting for beds? So hospitals are starting to get overpacked, overcrowded. So it's getting to the point where it's kind of like a lot of normal, like all elective procedures are done. So if you wanted that, you can't go in no more. A lot of the other stuff, though, like as hospitals reach maximum maximum capacity, they're shifting people over to other hospitals. So um, that answers that part. Um, we want to have an entire episode. Somebody asked us, make an episode talking about um, why y'all do this or what makes y'all hustle. We're going to have an entire separate part episode. We'll drop in the middle of one week, one day. Somebody asked about um, uh, Richard Burr, who's accused of inside trading. He's a senator from North Carolina that is on the intelligence committee. He's the chief of it. He got the intelligence report about corona affecting the world and pretty much dumped anywhere from 600000 in stock to $1.7 in stock. And pretty much he dumped it. He's going to make a fortune off of all of this, mm-hmm. which is the definition of insider trading. Right. Um, which is just crazy when you think about what people will use for their own personal gain and not really warn the rest of the world about. Absolutely. Old, right? Old, and it's it's, it's absolutely song. disgusting that he will do this. And I'm hoping that they bring him up on charges eventually. Right? Like, I'm hoping that everybody else that's on that committee talks about the reports that they had um, and how it's going to affect the economy. Um, and then I think, I think that's... Yeah, 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 and I think the other questions we pretty much answered. Um, somebody had asked about people not taking PPE for granted, like making videos of it, meaning not non-healthcare workers. That's just talking about like we need that PPE, mm-hmm. so don't don't be taking it for advantage and and just making videos of it or throwing it out somewhere or, or foolishness like that. We don't need you to be doing that. Be, be considerate, y'all. Oh, 
So Reverend Dr. Jay, take us take us home with our our hood scripture for this episode five. Yes, man. This 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 week's hood scripture is going to be coming out of the the Midwest, right? Uh, Detroit, book yeah. Book of Detroit's yeah. own Big Sean uh, off of DJ Khaled's last album. Thank you, right? Um, and it goes. When it gets this dark, you got to feel your way out. They try to bury me alive. I kill, build my way out. Letting go of grudges that I used to feel a way about. Because some emotions are too taxing to keep paying out. Mm. Life is what you make it. I know I'll make it for sure. Then make it some more. I know critics hate it galore. It doesn't phase me no more. I know some people's only taste of success is the bite that they'll take out of yours. My Gigi told me God laughs at you when you make plans. The type of wisdom that made us men. Plus, trying to thank everybody who helped us along the way, it's like trying to name every single member of the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, I may skip one or two, but that doesn't mean that you wasn't just as part of the plan. Some love goes without saying. And cutting off right there because we're going to get through all of this. We're thankful faith, for everybody that's doing everything. And thank you to all the healthcare workers and everyone who's just putting the work to help us get through this. Absolutely. Episode 5, man. It's your boys. Trev, Dr. J signing off from the block to the boardroom. See yeah. y'all next time. Yes, sir.